This is the Dean's Dissertation, the Cleveland Sports Review and Beyond, with your host, Greg Brinda. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Dean's Dissertation. I'm Greg Brenda, and let me tell you, it is cold outside, but warmth is right around the corner. Amazing how weird our weather is. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to stop a little bit to talk about the weather. We've had one of the coldest weeks we've had in years. We've all survived it, I think. Just stay inside. Stay where it's warm. You don't have to go out if you don't have to go out. I know a lot of you work outside, and boy, I I pray for you. Uh, You know, there's been a lot of... um, talk about support this and support that. We're not going to get into that today because I'm not into giving anyone 10 minutes of uh, any time for their little piece of their own fame. But uh, the next time you see a city worker out there that's uh, working on a broken water main and it's below zero and they're freezing, go stop and buy them a a cup of coffee or something hot to drink or eat. It will be greatly appreciated. It really will. So what's going on? this week? Well, uh, the Browns are in their off-season mode. We will get into that shortly. The Cavaliers are um, in the new year and a very interesting start to the new year on many, many, many fronts. We finally, 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 finally saw Isaiah Thomas playing a real game. Yep, Isaiah played the other night against the Portland Trail Blazers and to much of, uh, I think, a great surprise to many of us because even Isaiah was commenting prior to going on the court in a real game is that he said he, he had no rhythm. You know, the one thing about great basketball players, the one, really the one thing about any basketball player, whether you're great or not, is you have to have some kind of rhythm going. You got to get into some momentum. You got you to gotta have this court awareness. You got to feel good about not only your own game, but where you are with your teammates. It is a teammate Game. I mean, you're not just standing out there like uh, a shortstop or a second baseman. Yeah, at times you need your teammates to make plays, but you know, you know how basketball is. It is. Um it is all about delivering the goods and stopping and 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 making plays and setting up your teammates. And even Isaiah Thomas uh, said numerous uh, times uh, while he was getting ready to get uh, started here, you got to got to get into some kind of rhythm. Well, amazingly, he was in a pretty good rhythm for being out there for the very first time. In 19 minutes the other night against the Portland Trailblazers, 17 points. He was 6 of 12 from the field, 3 of 8 from beyond the arc. And afterwards, literally everyone who was there was just stunned at how well Isaiah Thomas played. They couldn't believe it. You know, I had been saying for a long, long time that one of the things that... um, that we wouldn't know and I think would take a long time was the ability to play with LeBron James. And um, certainly that has a long way to go. And those two still have to develop a a, a tremendous uh, chemistry for them to be firing on all cylinders. And even LeBron James, uh, after the game, said, you know, um, uh, this team will be where it's at when uh, Isaiah Thomas is fully back. He's only been back one game. He's about to play another game against the Orlando Magic. We'll comment on that in our next uh, podcast. 
Um, but you know, it's it's going to be a while. It's going to take some time. It's going to take uh, a rhythm between those two and a rhythm with um, all of his other teammates to get this going. So uh, for now, for a starter, uh, it's pretty darn good. The other thing that I think is a positive, maybe, maybe not, is the very imminent return for Derrick Rose to the Cavaliers lineup. Uh, He hasn't played for uh, two months. How he fits into the lineup uh, is anyone's guess. Now there's conversation that he may take time away from uh, Dwayne Wade. Is that really a good idea? Is there really a place for Derrick Rose? I mean, I think that's a legitimate question, and that's something that Tyrone Lue is going to have to um, is going to have to handle. Ty is going to have to be able to handle Derrick Rose's minutes, Dwayne Wade's minutes. You know how he sees Isaiah Thomas fitting in with LeBron James and his teammates initially. Uh, this is going to be very interesting. This is going to be very testing of of, of Tyron Lue, and um, it's going to show a lot about. Uh, Lou and his ability to adjust, make things happen, and putting the best Cavs team out there possible. That's not going to be an easy task. Uh, Some people will say, well, man, Greg, there's a lot of talent out there. It should be really easy. Getting talent to mesh together in the NBA, folks, is not easy. It's easier said than done, and we'll see what happens in the very near future. Uh, So am I excited about uh, Derrick Rose making an appearance in the Cavs lineup? Um, We'll put that on hold. Let's see how this all evolves. Let's see how the Cavs play. Speaking of how the Cavs are playing, folks... They're back to where they were literally at the beginning of the season, having lost five of seven games. This is their second. Str- this is their second five of seven, not wins, but losses. Road has been uh, terrible for the Cavaliers. What was um, extremely disappointing. Now I know there's. There's this debate out there. Uh, There are people who say, you know, Greg, it's early. Stop worrying about January. It's only January. Okay, can can I remind people one more time, all right? And I know this is one of the more interesting debates in Cleveland sports. It really is. I wish it would fill personally more of the talk show time um, than it's given. I mean, we're all now in, you know, who the Browns are going to draft as quarterback in late April, Greg. And we're going to be consumed about that for for days and weeks and months because there's still going to be a long way to go. But this bad habit forming, the Cavaliers last year probably had more bad habits than any team that went to the NBA Finals in a long, long time. Seriously. And I'm not just talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. There were many bad habits that, you know, didn't surface during the early rounds of the playoffs and maybe, maybe really had no bearing in the NBA Finals against the Golden State Warriors. But we all know what happened in the NBA Finals. Okay, we're not going to really we're not going to relive that bad history. Why would we? That would pain everybody. But there were bad habits and people just fluff them aside. People today are still 
oh, you know, don't worry about it, Greg. You know, they'll get over it. And maybe they will. And maybe, you know, LeBron and everyone else will write themselves and Tyler will, fill, uh, you know, figure out the best rotation and they'll figure out who stays, who goes. And Isaiah Thomas will be the second coming. Maybe that will all happen. Maybe it will all happen. But right now, I don't know. We got a long way to go. We've just started the new year. There's still three months, January to February, February to March, March to April. We're just a little over three months from the NBA playoffs. We're about a month away from the NBA trading deadline. And a lot needs to happen. Getting back to the game against the Boston Celtics the other night, in which the Cavaliers scored 88 points. They scored 88 points. They Shot, what, 32% from the field, 33, whatever. It didn't matter. It was a horrendous shooting night. For those of you who watched the game, you were probably asking yourself, wow, did the Cavaliers really want to be here tonight, Greg? Did they really want uh, Kyrie Irving to uh, show them up and upstage them? What in the world was going on? I don't know. It's a good question. LeBron seemed to care. LeBron cares all the time. There's there's not, I shouldn't say this, because we've seen some nights where LeBron has taken a very passive approach to his play. Actually, not very recently. That was more, that has been more in the past than it is right now. But right now, LeBron James uh, seems to come and play every night. Every night, LeBron James is ready to go. He was ready to go against the Boston Celtics the other night. The problem is the Boston Celtics were far more ready for the Cavaliers. They have not had a bad stretch. Well, they've had a few where they've lost a couple, but they've righted themselves very quickly. As I said earlier, the Cavaliers are now in a five-loss in seven-game mode. For the second time this season. And now they're starting to incorporate Isaiah Thomas. And now they're going to start to incorporate Derrick Rose. I think we'll be I think what will be the most fascinating thing, as I said earlier, is how Isaiah Thomas ends up playing with LeBron James. Will this work? Will this mesh? How quickly will it mesh? And is there, a, is there truly a role, a, a, a role for Derrick Rose? Are you seriously going to take time and minutes away from D. Wade, who really has been the catalyst for the bench? Somehow, someway, Ty Lue has found really the correct amount of minutes to play Dwayne Wade. And it has really worked. The bench at one point was averaging 40 points uh, a night. Now, that has really slowed up here lately in this losing skid. But that's really been the cornerstone of the uh, of the Cavaliers' success. It has really helped. It has really, really worked. And I'll tell you this. Um, I wouldn't want to really uh, upset the apple cart here. You know, there's there's still some decisions to be made. You know, Channing Frye still needs to be an integral part of this team. 
His minutes have been a little up and down of, uh, of late. Iman Shumpert, still recovering from knee surgery. We don't know if he'll be viable. You know what? He could be a contract, seriously, that the Cavaliers could trade, whether Shump is healthy or not. He could be a contract down the road that the Cavaliers could trade and um, and and maybe, you know, because of a team that wants to get some salary cap relief for next year, that could be a viable deal for the Cavaliers in the near future. You know, it's interesting listening to the... Um, to the national media talk about the Cavaliers and where they are with the Boston Celtics and how the Celtics are the team to beat and how the, how the Cavaliers are going to have a really, really, really tough time getting the number one seed. Okay. That may not happen. Is it really essential that the Cavaliers have the number one seed in the East? Okay. Let the Boston Celtics have the number one seed in the East. Folks, I'm going to put it to you very simply in black and white, pure and simple. If the Cavaliers cannot beat the Boston Celtics, even not having the home court advantage, then the, then, 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 then the Cavaliers are not deserving to go on. <laughs> the Boston Celtics lost their, lost their second best player on opening night minutes into the, uh, in, in, into the game. If the Cavaliers cannot overcome that and beat the Boston Celtics and play in the NBA Finals against whoever, most probably the Golden State Warriors, then um, then they don't deserve to go on. And then the future for the Cavaliers with, you know, LeBron James really not saying much, um, we have no idea what the future will be. I will tell you this, the most positive thing so far this year has been the play of LeBron James, who um, amazingly, amazingly does not so show any sign of age. Not one. I, it, it to me is incredible. And the thing about LeBron James that he's done year after year after year, he is as great of a player as he is. And he's having an MVP season. We all know that. He continues to find ways. He continues to find ways of making his game better. Let me ask you something, folks. How many players can do that at his age? He just celebrated another birthday. He ain't getting any younger. You know what the amazing thing is? His game is getting younger. LeBron James's game is getting younger. And you know what? That's all good for the Cavaliers. And if at the end of it all, at the end of this year, if LeBron James says, you know what? I got a lot more in me. I'm going to stay. That's going to be so much better for the Cavaliers. So, again, we got to see if the Cavaliers can get out of this rut. We have to see how good Isaiah Thomas is is going to be with LeBron James. The one thing that we also heard this week is that the one thing that really concerned Isaiah Thomas medically was the bone bruise, not the torn labrum in his in his his his, uh, his his leg, but but a deep bone bruise that was really you know the um the end result of all of this that was all bad. Well, apparently that bone bruise has now healed. 
And that's why I, IT is saying and, and saying it to anybody who is willing to listen, I feel great. Yeah, he's going to be sore, you know. Why wouldn't he? He hasn't really played competitive basketball in eight months. You are going to be sore. But um, he seems to be on the right track. We'll see if the, uh, the Cavaliers can get out of this second doldrums and move on. And again, in, in less than a month, the, the, the conversation is really going to heat up about where the Cavs are and what are they going to do going forward after or, you know, after the trading deadline. Usually the Cavaliers make a deal. David Griffin isn't here. Kobe Altman is. And we'll see if Kobe Altman has the stones that, that David Griffin has always had in rolling the dice and making a deal that he thinks will help the organization. And for the most part, it always has. And I'm looking forward to seeing whether or not this comes to fruition. I'm going to tell you something. If I were a betting man right now, folks, I would absolutely bet on the Cavaliers going forward. One last thing before we close this off. There was a video the other night uh, of, uh, of Dr. Julius Irving throwing down a dunk. Go see it. It, 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 was, it was just uh, on social media. It was one of the most amazing plays I've ever seen. It goes back 40 years, 40 years. And let me tell you something. I tweeted at Dr. J. I said, you're the player that made me go from liking basketball to loving basketball. You know, not many people can do that. You know, it's one thing. I mean, many of us like a lot of things. But watching him play in his heyday in the 70s, watching that amazing All-Star game in 1976 where I saw him dunk from the top of the key and then reading uh, maybe one of the best books ever one of the best books ever written ever ever written by my, my friend Terry Pluto called Lost Ball, uh, Balls the story of the ABA this was a guy that put basketball on the map Oh, yeah, there were basketball fans before that. But Dr. J played above the rim. He was electrifying. And like I tweeted at him, again, you made me go from liking basketball to loving basketball. So you can't call in on this podcast, but if you want to comment on this podcast, you can go to my Twitter account, at Sir Franks and Bacon. It's open 24-7. Just like a convenience store, 24-7 at Sir Franks and Bacon. Comment on this or anything else you'd like to talk about at Sir Franks and Bacon. Until next time, this is Greg Brenda and another Dean's Dissertation. Subscribe to the Dean's Dissertation today.